Welcome back. You're listening to the Influencer CEO Podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Kershaw, a former criminal defense attorney that has helped thousands of women get back on their feet and move forward after challenging times in their lives. Building on that experience, I have spent the last 15 years mentoring, counseling, and coaching women to see their true potential and take action toward living their dreams. This podcast shows women how they can have an impact for good by sharing their own journeys through social media and blogs, and how to use that influence to create businesses that have true and lasting success. This is the Influencer CEO Podcast. Today, I want to talk with you about something a little different. I want to talk about ADHD, Attention Deficit Disorder. Because I think a lot of women have some of these tendencies, especially entrepreneurial, creative women like you all, and you may not even know it. Uh, Just a few years ago, I was diagnosed with ADHD, and I never even realized I had this condition. Um, And I'm in my early 50s, and I didn't know it my entire life. But I had always been in this line of work that required an uber focus and had this constant high intensity. So they say that's like a constant dopamine hit. But after I changed careers and started doing more desk work, I started noticing my inability to stay on task, focus, or even complete projects. The few times I had to finish something, like giving a, you know, creating a presentation for a conference, I was able to pull it together, but only because my ass was on the line and I had a non-negotiable deadline. So in learning more about this condition in women, I found out that many women don't, like me, don't figure out that they have ADHD until later in their lives. And that's because they have some kind of tipping point when they realize something's wrong. If they don't get medical help, some women just think they're not smart enough, they're not organized enough, they're not young enough. I mean, the list can go on forever. You kind of get the point. All I can say is that finding out that I have ADHD put so many puzzle pieces in place for me. And many of my life experiences and my life choices finally made sense. So I want to share this with you today. And I have to say, you know, I have to put this caveat out there. I'm not a doctor. I don't even know that much about ADHD except from my own experience and everyone's different. But if this podcast resonates with you and you think you might be experiencing some of these same symptoms, you can go to a doctor and find out more. I'm actually uh, in the show notes going to attach a link that has a symptom checklist that you can go through just to see if you might fall under some of those. So that'll help a little bit. I never knew that much about ADHD, um, except for being aware that some kids had it, like usually the hyperactive little boys in class that were causing trouble and taking the teacher's attention away from everyone else, the ones that couldn't control themselves. Like, I literally knew nothing, and everything I did know was probably negative. So this was a total eye-opener for me. I found out about it when most of my kids were grown, and I found out in a way that 
many women surprisingly do, I realized something was up with my son, Wyatt. Now, let me tell you quickly about Wyatt. Wyatt's one of the easiest people to be around. Everyone loves him. He's kind to everyone. He remembers everyone. And when he was young, Kenny and I would just marvel that everywhere we went, people would identify us as Wyatt's parents. It was almost like he was the mayor or something. We'd go in the bank. We'd go into our local little market here in Newport. And people on the street, everyone just seemed to know Wyatt, even though he was just like 10. It was crazy. But he just has this type of magnetism and authenticity that draws people to him. And it's a gift, totally. But it also hid an issue that we really never saw coming because no matter how much he struggled in school with like getting homework or other things done, his teachers loved him. And so things, you know, they just let things slide. I don't mean to say that anything bad about his teachers, but you know, when there are other kids in the classroom that are causing troubles and you have, you know, one kid that's just a friend to everyone you might get some special treatment. So that's kind of where Wyatt was at. But when he started high school, it was a completely rude awakening because the high school in our area is challenging. And I don't know how to really describe it in a way that's not too critical, but if your child is a straight-A student and wants to go to Harvard, then this school is probably for them. But if your child is average or even above average and they struggle a little bit harder with learning and getting things done, the stress level at this particular high school is over the freaking top. The teachers are just trying their best to stay one step ahead of all these type A personality parents, and they can't give their attention to any kids that might need just a little bit more help. In fact, What I found was that some of them were outright hostile if you asked for extra help. There was no exceptions or assistance given at all. So the first semester of Wyatt's freshman year, um, you know, we started it. We were so excited about high school. We had all these high hopes, high expectations, but it pretty quickly deteriorated because Wyatt um, just really couldn't keep up. And with all the advances, with computers and everything else, where parents can see what the assignments are, I tried to help him stay on track by watching which assignments were due and kind of just getting on his back all the time. Like, did you get it done? Like, let me see it. Um, But even when he completed the assignments, he would forget to take it the next morning. And his teachers never allowed any grace period. So even though I knew the assignment was done, when he would end up with a zero, it was so frustrating, really, for both of us. And he barely made it through that first semester with a C average. So as most parents do, we made some adjustments. You know, it's like, okay, you're not going to stay up too late now. Now you're going to get up early. Now we're going to do homework for certain times of the day. Anyway, we, we tried to plan better for the second semester, but the same thing happened again. Wyatt was so stressed out about school that when he would get in the car at the end of the day, he would have so much anxiety, he would be nauseous and not even really able to communicate, which was completely unlike him. And we, you know, my husband and I, we just really didn't know what to do. 
But then summer came. Summer's the best, right? And he, you know, he was doing great. He was surfing, which um, is very um, therapeutic for him. And things, you know, went right back to normal. And he was himself again. And so we thought with a little bit more planning, we could totally get a jump on his sophomore year. But the sophomore year started, and as you're probably guessing, the first semester of his sophomore year went just like the first two before it. And um, we realized that we had to do something drastic. So we pulled him out of school. And we signed him up for independent learning. And when we sat him down and told him we were going to take him out of school and, you know, away from his friends that he'd been with, you know, through elementary school and middle school, we we thought he was going to totally freak out. But he was actually really grateful. School was so much of an anxiety and just a strain on him that he was grateful to have another option. That was our huge aha moment. He started independent learning. And you guys, he couldn't sit still. He had the hardest time sitting in front of a computer for more than 15 minutes before he would get distracted. He would hear every tiny sound. He would see the slightest movement out the window. Um, The dog snoring would set him off. If a fly buzzed by, he would stop. He would lose his train train of thought. And as his mom, I watched him and I thought, how the hell did he ever sit through seven hours of school? No wonder he had so much anxiety. And then, of course, I felt like a terrible parent. (laughs) Because I was like, why didn't I know? Why didn't I guess? Why didn't I see? Why didn't I see these symptoms? How could I have not known? But on the other hand, I was also grateful that he was now in independent learning and we could structure his learning so much better around this. So we went to the doctor, went over to the family doctor and um, talked to him about like, he's, he's super distracted, like, is this some kind of attention deficit disorder that I've heard of before? And he um, he took Wyatt through this assessment, you know, was asking him some questions. And as he was asking Wyatt these questions and I was listening, I realized I was answering those questions in my head too. And my answers were basically the same as Wyatt's. It was crazy. I realized I had some of the same tendencies. If I was not under an immediate deadline or having to think quickly on my feet, as I had been doing my entire career as a, you know, a a trial attorney in the courtroom, if I wasn't under that kind of immediate stress, it was really hard for me to complete anything. I was very easily distracted. And if you watch Modern Family, then you'll understand this. I had a lot of Phil Dunphy moments where I would start one project, get distracted, start another project, and so on until I would circle back and realize I never even finished that first thing I started. So I was diagnosed too. And surprisingly, in some of the research I've done, I realized that this seems to be the way that many women later in life find out they have these ADD 
tendencies because they become aware of it in their children first. So like I said, I'm definitely not an expert. Um, I totally, you know, recommend that you get an expert or doctor advice on this. But I learned that there's a couple different types of ADHD. And one is the hyperactive impulsive type. And then there's another called the inattentive type. And then there's kind of a mix of the two. But the one that we seem to be most familiar with um, are the is the first type, the hyperactive type, because this is the one that you usually see in boys in school and it gets the most attention because they have a hard time sitting still and getting their work done. And it's very visual, like you, you see it in action. It's easy to notice versus for women or girls, they often have this more daydreamy, like, inattentiveness. Um, it's usually like creative people. And it's more a lot more common in girls and women, but it's often overlooked or even misdiagnosed because um, it's mistaken for like moodiness or anxiety or something else. But um, when you're comparing the two in kids, um, you might have the boys who, you know, are can't sit still, but then you might have the girls who would be looking out the window, daydreaming because the teacher's kind of boring. So they're less likely to get the care that they need until later in life they hit this tipping point and they're like, something is going on here. And the symptoms that you usually see in women are an, an, an inability to stay focused, um, you can't get things done, you often feel like your life is out of control, and you're either a couch potato or a tornado. Does this sound familiar to anyone? <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm going to link to a symptom checklist in the show notes, um, because when I read that list, I was blown away at how precisely it described me. And then there was this, um, when Wyatt and I were diagnosed, I, I really, I wasn't sure how I felt about it. Like, does this mean something bad? Like, does this mean that there's something wrong with us? But my doctor was so awesome. He explained that ADHD is actually a very useful condition in many careers. And it actually had served me very well in my time as a trial attorney, but it's very helpful for people like police officers and firefighters because you you see and hear everything. And when they're in high intensity situations, they perform at a very high level because there's this intense focus. There's really literally a, a dopamine hit during those stressful situations, which is why that career worked for me. But obviously, some careers it's not good for, like maybe an accountant and, of course, students. Um, as I look back on my life, I realized that I didn't feel like anything was wrong with my brain when I was working in the courtroom. Um, and I didn't really have any of the symptoms that I experienced later in life because I was in a high-intensity situation where I had to think on my feet. I had to be very aware of everything going on in the courtroom. I had to be very aware of 
what a witness was saying. I had to be aware of their um, their body language. I had to be aware of what the other attorney at the other table was doing. I had to be aware of what the judge was doing and the clerk. So it was always this very high intensity situation. And so I never had any of these symptoms like not being able to stay focused or not getting things done. But then later, I tried to kind of change my career up a little bit. And I tried to do civil law and immigration law where you sit behind a desk and you're doing a lot of paperwork. And it was totally different. I mean, no more dopamine hits. I didn't know that's what it was at the time. But I couldn't figure out why I could no longer perform at the high level I I totally knew I was capable of. And I wasn't getting things done. It was just totally unlike me. And I became very frustrated with myself. I thought something was wrong with my brain. I started having depression. Um, I started like my my life really shifted. I even stopped working as a lawyer during that time because I just couldn't get my shit together. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, I knew something had to change, which is why I tried a new career out. And now, of course, I'm very grateful for this knowledge that I have and the fact that I did change careers. But yeah, that's another story. But the bottom line is, now I totally get it. I mean, I finally get it. I really wish I would have figured this out earlier in life, um, not only for me, but also for Wyatt. Luckily, now we understand our situations a lot better and we can plan around what we need to do. So did any of those things resonate with you at all? Um, For creative women, for entrepreneurial women who are uh, really trying to get a lot done, if you realize that you're really struggling, you're feeling overwhelmed, you feel scattered, you feel like you're not living up to your true potential, even though you know you're smart, you feel like there's just a hurdle you can't get over and you don't know what the hurdle is. Um, you might want to do this ADHD assessment and just see if that might be part of it. Of course, everyone's different. There's different levels, different intensities of it, but it might be worth checking it out. Because what I found is for women like me, like for creative women, if you have ADHD and you don't know there's a reasonable explanation for what you're experiencing, there can be a lot of self-shaming because we know we're capable, but we just can't seem to focus or concentrate long enough to be productive. And at some point, some women will just start to believe they're not good enough or smart enough. And they start to think that they just can't follow up on these good ideas that they have. And that's the worst part of it. A lot of women just stop and they just give up. And, you know, if this is like made you think a little bit, but you're, you're, you know, not sure where you stand with this, I just want to say as a side note, if you do find out that you have ADHD, um, or you suspect that you might don't feel like it means you have to have medication. That is not the answer for everyone. Um, I mean, I happen to love them. But you know, some people just don't want to take medication. There's there's answers. There's other things that you can do that can easily help you if you're aware of what you're going through. Um, I mean, like 
An easy example is if you're sitting down to work on something, turning off your phone or turning off the notifications just so there is not a distraction. Uh, Trying to eliminate any distractions before you get started on a project. Then you can also time block your day. That helps too. So you know like between 9 and 10, I'm only working on this one thing. That way if something pops up, it's easier to focus and pull yourself back into that time block. So there's other answers besides medication. But it's just so helpful to know if you fall into um, this condition at all. So, well... I hope this helped um, somebody. I, if, if you have been experiencing you know, some of these symptoms and just didn't know what the hell was going on, um, I hope this helped you because I think knowledge is key. And I want you to stop blaming yourself. Stop blaming your brain for any problems and just go get it checked out. Okay. All right. That's it. I love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast today. I am so appreciative of you being here. I'd love to get some freebies in your hands. Uh, If you want to head on over to my website at ginakershaw.com under the link resources, there's some really cool stuff in there. They're all free and I would love for you to have them. I'd also really appreciate if you could subscribe to the podcast, especially as we are just brand new, just dipping our toes in the podcast water. It helps to have subscribers and also reviews. So I'd love to hear what you think. And I hope you have an amazing week. I will see you soon.